Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero here, and you're listening to my Tour Coach Podcast. Tour Coach Podcasts come from my stories, the interviews, my roundtable discussions, the day-to-day interaction with the people that I teach in my journey in the game of golf, whether it's tour players that I teach or tour players that have fired me or, heck, it's other teachers that I think the world of and respect or it's mental coaches, performance coaches, or, hey, maybe it's just people that have made an indelible mark on my teaching. Whatever it is, I hope this helps you learn more about the playing, the teaching, or enjoying the great game of golf. I sure as heck have fun doing this. I hope you all enjoy listening to it. We've got great sponsors. We've always got great guests. And one thing that we for sure do here on the Tour Coach is we keep it real. None of this is scripted. This is just authentic. This is the discussions and the day-to-day interactions that we have as the dew sweepers and teaching and trying to help all of you play better golf. And look, if you enjoy our instruction and you're somebody wanting to get better, why don't you come see us and get help for your game with our world-famous retreats, which are going to be at Old Palm Golf Club in Palm Beach Gardens with my good friends Mark Hackett, Dan Terleski, Colby Tuyeg, Dr. Greg Carton, and, and a host of many, many more. Or you can come see me at uh, my studio in Mobile, Alabama, or at the Preserve Golf Club. And remember, everything you need to play better golf is always going to be available for you at DoSweepersGolf.com. You can find out where I am and how to be on a podcast if you go there. Enjoy this edition of The Tour Coach. Joining me here on the tour, Coach, once again, one of my more frequent contributors and great friends out there on the PGA Tour. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, I think this is the best coach currently on the PGA Tour with the work that he's doing. I'm over at Sea Island, my good buddy, Justin Parsons. JP, how you doing, brother? Tony, all good. Thank you very much. Very, very flattered by that. You know, you and I have talked about it. We've, uh, we're, we're really only as good as, as the people who are out there and, and their form is fluctuating as well so i mean i'm uh, i'm i'm very grateful to be put into that category and I, i'm i'm sure that i don't really deserve it oh no it's true though I, I i honestly believe that but i also do think one thing you've told me a bunch which i really believe is true is that like you know this, this game or the business that we're in with this side of the game is a little bit of cyclical and you have ups and downs right how do you deal with yeah. that i'm curious how you do but you you've talked to me a bunch about it and you've been a great friend and bounced, you know, helped me bounce things off of as I've gone through periods of time where you're not teaching as many people or you've gotten kicked a little bit. But what are your thoughts on that about, do you, you know, that it's cyclical? I mean, you, there are ups and downs in this game. Well, I think you, ha- you, have to be, you have to be very realistic and very honest with where players are within, you know, within the plan that you would like them to be following in or, or within their, you know, wh- where they are within their lives and, you know, if they've if they've just had children, or if they've just had a surgery, or if they've had an injury, or if they've had, you know, some some loss of form, you know, you've got to be realistic in, in what you can achieve with them. And you know, I think a, a little goes a long way sometimes. And if you can keep trying to, you know, chip away at the process and and continue to try and see the little the little gains that you make, and then all of a sudden, you know, you could be watching golf on television on a Sunday, and you know, a bunch of them are doing well, and and uh, you know that's you know, almost you become, you know, depersonalized from that. Like I was watching Will Gordon yesterday on television, you know, doing so well in Mayakoba. And, you know, that lad's done so much hard work on his short game. He's got a, you know, he's got a, a functionally correct and ever improving short game that was put under the microscope yesterday with some funny lies and, and uh, right. wet conditions right. down there and things. And, uh, you know, I was so proud of that. And, and that's just been a continued cycle of us, 
you know, chip it, you know, well, excuse the pun, chipping away at his, at his short game until a point, you know, where, where he's got a, he's got a foundation and then he's developed his, 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 uh, his practical practice work and he's developed a, a slightly more bulletproof routine where he, you know, he can, he can just go ahead and, and, and execute. And I think, uh, it, it does, it takes time, you know, for them to be moving in the right direction. And sometimes when they're moving in the wrong direction, it, it takes time before you realize it's, uh, you know, it's kind of happened. But you talked about like, you know, players having surgeries, kids, getting married and all that. And I think one of the interesting thing is, you know, I know for your, for you and certainly for me, or that's like you teach, you're teaching people at different stages and phases of their life. And like, I don't know that people always necessarily understand that it's not just all golf swing. And so you're, you know, you're, you know, like I got two guys in Q school finals today and you're watching, you're watching that, like, you know, how you, you know, how you work with them and is different than a kid you're getting ready to that's going to turn pro in six months versus a guy that you know, spent a little time with a guy that's, you know, 45 and trying to get his game back. Like, you know, there's everybody's in different places and in different stages in life and has different external factors. And so it's how you approach them is, is to me, is very different. Well, and I think, you know, it would be always hard to put a put a, a real equation on it, but it'd be interesting to know what the real the real numbers are behind what you know how much of our job is is uh, you know people or athlete management and how much mm-hmm. of it is is tech, technical instruction. And I do think that you know for those people listening and things that you know quite oftentimes there's a there's a slight misconception that really all we're doing is thinking about the golf swing, and of course that is a responsibility. But to your point, it's it's a lot more to do with managing these athletes and trying to help them you know whatever part of the cycle they're in if we can if we can create a little bit of an upside then we're doing our job and if we can if we can arrest the slide you know i mean it's like the structures and the and the plans and the uh you know the different little exercises and drills that we we have for them should really be there to help them remain in a good position you know i'm really proud of the work that brian Harmon has done he's you know he's turned himself from a a mediocre iron player to one of the better iron players currently on the PGA Tour, and you know, he does the same thing in his warm-ups every single time. He uses a DFT training aid just to get the sensation of, you know, good impact, and and he uses a, a smart ball between his arms just to get a little bit more connection in his takeaway. It's very very diligent about monitoring his alignment and his ball position, which we know fluctuate when he goes off. You know, when he goes off a little bit, and and. Uh, you know he's he's really he's really become you know legitimately one of the better golfers in the world, which is uh, you know is really really exciting because you know he kind of kind of always looked like he was going to belong there through his um, you know through his early years and to see him you know to see him at 34 35 years old starting to you know look like he may belong there for a period of time is is exciting for him. Yeah, he for sure is. What were the steps to? You know, I mean, like to you know, when you identified, hey, you've got to become a better iron player, or you know, you go through the steps and you prioritize, say, these are the things that we want to attack, and you said, hey, we're going to make you a better iron player. What did you do to do that? What were the? And I love like the DST training. Like the one thing I love is every time you post a video of him or you see him, he's doing the same things, right? Which I personally believe is. One of the keys to improving. I don't think enough people spend enough time on one thing before they actually get good at it, before they evaluate something that's not working. How did you come up with this plan to make him one of the best, the best iron player in the world? Well, I think fundamentally, and I think it's something I'm still kind of. I know it's probably going to sound weird for people out there, but 
you know, this guy at five foot seven pitches a golf ball 285, 288 yards in the air and probably hits driver more than most players on the PGA Tour and hits it more accurately than most players on the PGA Tour. And he, you know, the setup position for the driver, I think, requires a nice amount of like arm extension. You know, you're athletic, you're, you're springy on your feet. The golf ball's on a tee, so you can arguably kind of drop it underneath the plane a little bit more when you're very rotary like Brian is. And I think that, you know, one of the things that fundamentally we needed to do a better job of is we needed to get set up for an iron shot. And to be honest with you, you know, it was like he would, he would just set up to his eight iron similar feel-wise to where he was with a driver. And, you know, when we started to get to a point where he could feel you know, okay, I need to be a little more centered through my feet and I need to get my armpits over my over my kneecaps and, and allow myself to get into a position where I can pressurize the golf ball from the ground rather than sweep the golf ball off a tee. You know, that coupled with really, really good, diligent work on his alignment, you know, those those fundamentals are still, you know, certainly something that I want to always be able to lean back on. And if, if I can see, you know, I, I, I'm going to, you know, reach out to him. I said to someone this morning, he just looked so well balanced yesterday in Mexico. You know, they, they showed yeah. him on a couple of par threes and, you know, his weight's right down through the centers of his feet. So, you know, and he, he's probably able for the first time since I started working for him to, to really recognize that, okay, there's a field to hit an iron shot and there's a separate field to hit a driver and I'm okay with that. And I, yeah. I know that's, you know, it's difficult for people to think maybe it's that simple, but I just think, you know, when you've got a comprehensive understanding that, you know, you've got to set up to the golf ball appropriately to put the club on the ball the way you need to, that, that has to start the foundational kind of part of the process. Talk about a guy, like a young player like Will Gordon. Where did you start with Will? And, like, you know, obviously he's had tremendous success. You know, he's such a great young player. Where did you, you know... Where did like when you looked at him, he said, like, oh, where, "Where are the things I need to improve? Help him improve and get better at." And, and what's his blueprint for continued success? I think Will, um, you know, obviously out of a out of a really good golf program at Vanderbilt with a with a bunch of really good players, and you know, I think that when he when he got out on tour, you know, that kind of COVID year when you know he ended up getting his getting his card through limited starts. He has done an extremely uh, brave and manful job of, you know, facing up to the person he needs to be in order to be successful on the PGA Tour. And that's been, you know, that's been 5% me and 95% Will Gordon. You know, he's, he's faced the, right. you know, the, the ideas that he was, you know, externalizing everything and, and he, he needed to internalize things a little bit more. You know, he's looking after his rest he's looking after you know who he is as a as a as a human being and as an athlete to be successful and you know i can't i can't tell you tony that i can take a great deal of credit other than being a support to him i think he's done an amazing job as i kind of alluded to at the beginning with his short game he's done tremendously and i think he and i have have worked together he's a very he, he he's a good ball striker he's a long hitter and he's helping me to understand the feelings that he really likes with his full swing. And then we're kind of whittling down some of the things that we see happen from a day-to-day or tournament-to-tournament so that we can become a little bit more, you know, refined in the kind of the ball-striking process. But, you know, he's he's a, he's a really, really elite-level, exciting player and, um, you know, mentally becoming one of the more, you know, mentally aware players of, like, how do I need to behave what does my attitude need to be like? 
you know, we, we've we've worked really, really hard on continuing that, and, and he's becoming a really fine course manager. As you saw yesterday, he didn't have all his, he didn't have his A game per se, but he still managed to, you know, get it around and uh, and, and be able to hang around and, and pick up a really, really valuable third place. You talked about like with Will, like understanding what what it took, or if you will, you know, what it was going to take to be become a PGA Tour player. We get both of us fortunate we get lots of young players with a lot of talent that come to us that are at various stages of development i see the ones you post that are college players at these great universities or they're young professionals when folks like that come to you what are the things that you think that a player that what are the key ingredients that uh, that goes into what do you have to have and be able to do to play the pga tour now well i think you know, I think ultimately you need to, and that's certainly part of the process that I'll go through with them. They they need to be hitting as as few shots as possible, with the outcome of what they're doing at the forefront of their mind. So, you know, I, I help them understand that there's always going to be pressure, whether you're making a Ryder Cup team or you're trying to contend in a major championship or you're trying to make it to East Lake, or you're trying to keep your card or you're trying to get on the Corn Ferry Tour. There's always going to be pressure, and the pressure will magnify itself and it'll always feel somewhat similar when you're in it so you've got to help them understand that they're they're really that you want to try and perform your skills with the least amount of outcome-based awareness relative to this big picture that's building pressure so for example those lads that we have this afternoon playing up in savannah you know, they, they know that there's an outcome. Like if you finish in the top 40, you get a certain number of starts. You get to finish in the top 10, you get a certain number of starts. If you finish first, you know, we know there's outcome, but they need to be over the golf shot, trying their best to hit a golf shot to the best of their ability. So, you know, in many ways, that, you know, it means that the, the career and the idea of the career needs to be that of a marathon and not a sprint. And they really have to make sure that they're very aware of the fact that, you know, if they're hitting golf shots with an, with an outcome, Okay, I need to make this putt to go two under or any of this sort of stuff. Then they're they're eventually they're gonna they're gonna you know narrow the area of expertise and probably run out of mental energy. And again, you know that's something Will has done a really really good job of. He continues to say to me, "Look, there's no finishing line. Whatever happens this year, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to continue to try and hit as many good golf shots as possible. At some point, I'm going to add up my score." Then they're going to add up four scores, and if my score hit is the lowest, I'll end up, you know, taking home a big check. But I can't, I can't have that in the forefront of my mind. He's got a, his job is to hit good golf shots. Yeah, I think one of the challenges now is because you know, with all the meat, you know, there's just so much attention on it. That is to help people understand that, like, the tournament today, you know, with junior golf, college golf, amateur golf, professional golf, like. You know, you've got to, you like, your career isn't defined by one week when you're 20, right? Like, and then no. you can play for a long time. One of, the, one of the best things I heard, I think I had a group of juniors around, and Jonathan Vegas was down there at Doral hitting balls with, uh, uh, hitting balls down there at Doral. I think Kevin Kirk was with him, and his brother Julio was there. And, and they said, one of them said, if there's one thing I'd learned, it was that, like, I've got 35 or 40 years to get really good. Like, so there won't, isn't as much pressure when I'm 22 or 23, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the results aren't. And I thought that was a pretty good insight from somebody that's played out there and obviously had success was, you know, that like they're, you're going to play for a long time. And if you think about golf in those terms, maybe it does help get you a little bit so less results oriented 
and worry about what the ramifications of this round of golf today up in Savannah or whatever it is. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if, if you compare it to other sports, you know, and that was something we did with Harris, you know, at the start that helped him get through a real good spell. And, you know, we talked about the idea of him, his pre-shot routines and his shot choices and his commitment, similar to that of a quarterback running plays. And although I'm still getting used to all of the American sports nuances, um, <laughs> you know, you got to be, you, if, you're, if your coach tells you to run a play, you need to run the play. And whether you're 14 nil up or whether you're 14 nil down or whatever the score is, your job remains the same enough to run the play. And in the Super Bowl, the pressure's bigger, but the plays are still the same. And, you know, that, that helped him to kind of boil down the idea that, well, you know, if it's, if it's a full driver down the left-hand side with a five-yard cut on it, and it's, there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of pressure on the line, I'm my job still to, to go up there and to hit the shot and, and, and have full commitment attached to it. You know, and that's, that's easier said than done, but I think that's a, a lot of our job is to make sure we can boil down the idea that, you know, you've got to stand up there and you've got to commit with all your heart and the outcome will take care of itself sometime later. So, you you know, look, you had a couple of weeks left, really, the fall, then you got the off season. Um, obviously, golf, since you, I mean, we've talked a bunch, but the landscape on professional golf has changed dramatically over the past year. But you've got this off season coming up. I'm sure you're, to be honest, I'm sure you're relieved to be home for a little bit. But uh, how do you approach the off season with all these guys? What's what's thought like? You know, where do you start with with this off season for your guys, and where do you go with it? It's funny, you know. I, I, this morning in the office, I sat and I looked looked at uh, where I would start the year. I mean, obviously they, Brian will start the year at the Century. Pretty much everyone will be in Sony that, that I help. So we're really talking about, you know, the RSM finishing on the 20th of November, and then they're heading back out to Hawaii on the 1st, 2nd, 3rd of January. And then we've got Thanksgiving, which is probably going to cost us three days, and Christmas it's probably going to cost us three to four days as well. So it really, <laughs> more of an, like an off three weeks, I think Tony's probably more the, the appropriate way of looking at it. But I'm going to try and you know I'm going to try and make sure I get all my guys on gears. Um, we've got one of the specialists from Gears coming down in early December. You know, get that 3D stuff in the can. Make sure that you know we've got you know good blueprint for those who are playing really well, and we've got some good diagnostics for those who aren't playing so well. I think that it uh, it, it really gives them a little bit of a chance to reset their batteries too. And you know because I think if you plan too much in this very short off season, you know, you're just kind of adding to the workload for them. So. You know, if I can get that diagnostic stuff down, you know, make sure they're fit and healthy. Patton Kazar, he goes ahead and gets um, he gets a lot of fitness work done in the in the off season, which is great. He comes back, you know, out strong, you know, long legs. Make sure he does all his leg work and things like that. So again, each plan for every player is slightly different. But if I, you know, from my side, if I can get the 3D stuff done, get a little bit of time away from tournaments with them, uh, you know, and, and just start to to entertain the idea of you know what are we what are we trying to do for next year what do you think you'd like to do better um, what would you like me to do better you know ask some of the the important questions that can be answered in a more casual environment rather than you know on a, on a Wednesday of a PJ Tour event when everyone's already stressed out I want to you go back to 3D how much do you use 3D what's uh, just curious about I mean this is probably as much for me as for the listeners I always like to pick your brain on this stuff what are you looking to get out of using like gears? 
I would like to know, I would like to look at some extension pattern type work, work and just see how much, you know, extensions going on with players. I would like to see, you know, where rotations are relative to some of the, to some of the other um, kind of blueprints that we have in there. And right. in Brian's case, I'd like to see what this kind of new blueprint looks like because we haven't done that with him. I've had PK Harris on there. I would like to do more with it, Tony. If I'm being honest with you, that you know, we, I'm still at a point with gears where I need somebody to help me put people on it. I use the yeah. AMM system. So, in in my own personal kind of world, I I think of the golf swing in 3D because of that's the way I was sort of trained with it with with Claude and Butch in Dubai. So I'm always thinking of it in 3D, and I I want to do a better job in moving forwards of getting more. You know, getting more data on. I think that's where, for example, I think Mark Blackburn has done a tremendous job in narrowing the parameters of uh, the 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 work he's doing with players. I think he's done a a terrific job of getting people over to Greystone, getting a real like functional bl- blueprint from them, and being able to continue to reevaluate. And that's uh, you know somebody who who we've seen having tremendous success with you know, with some players who quite frankly, you know, they'd struggled with their ball striking for a little while. And, you know, he's, he's uh, right. you know, and you, you look at, you look at those of us, you know, our, our, the people around us and, and our, you know, compatriots, whatever you want to call it, you know, we look at the systems that we're putting in place. And, and I do think you gotta, you gotta give Mark some, some applause for that. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back on that. I left the AMM system behind in Dubai when I moved across the state. So I've done, you know, less, a little bit more limited work with gears, but I'm looking forward to getting, you know, getting stuck into that. And I see the boys at the athletic motion guys doing such a great job. And Scotty right. Hamilton and I talk about that a little bit. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's certainly an opportunity for me in moving forward. What about the golf fitness side? How much do you intertwine that with the off season work? I, you know, for me, obviously, you know, I've talked about a bunch of it. Like I obviously utilize Colby a good bit with that or Morgan, but in particular Colby down there at Old Palm having access to him and to be able to take players how much are you involved with the training side like of put you know working with your players and making sure they're doing that stuff or that it fits with the instruction and so forth i think you need to be in our world i think you need to be absolutely interlinked with what they're doing so randy myers works with Patton kazar and uh, brian Horman. uh tom hemmings works with uh harris english will gordon I think it's a, it's an absolute sweet spot of performance. I think as you and I both know, you know, I can I can ask Tom how, you know, how Harris's right hip is looking in the gym, how his his body's moving through different different movement patterns. We can ask, you know, Randy where Patton is in his in his postural work, how strong is his core and linking that into and also helping us to understand if we're seeing some fun, funky things in the golf swing, you know, there's probably something at that level happening with the body that's kind of either creating that or helping for the creation of that so you know i'm i'm absolutely with those guys we talk fortunately again we're all working in the same place so we, we talk on an almost daily basis about these these players and and you know i had a long chat with kevin duffy today kevin's work you know with on and off with louis Eustazen for a number of years kevin's going right. to be paying louis a visit you know marnus Morace, another great south african trainer who travels around on tour a lot and Marnus has helped me, you know, a great deal. We 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 saw him at the the top 100. You remember last year we did that night? Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. 
So, you know, that's, that's, a, uh, that's an absolute part, you know, and as much as the 3D is important, that would be way up in, uh, in, in importance over, over pretty much anything else. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've tried to figure out or I've learned maybe is that, you know, talking to guys like you and different things is that, you know, really, and it doesn't matter if it's like a junior golfer coming to see you or a college player or a tour player, that it takes, you know, it takes a bunch of different disciplines and parts to mold somebody that's going to be good enough to play at that level, right? Like you don't have all the answers or it's not, you know, the days of you go and you take a one-hour golf lesson once a month and, I mean, that seems to kind of have gone by as far as what it takes to really develop talent. No, and we're, you know, we're very fortunate at Sea Island where we've got, you know, the fitness specialist that I referred to, David Angelotti, who's trained under Phil Kenyon and has an incredible pop view uh, simulator. You know, the, every bell and whistle that you basically need to do putting, David's got it up at Sea Island. You know, we've got, we've got his expertise. We've got the fitness guys. We have an incredible club fitting team there that, you know, if, if a tour player asks me what, sh- what, what some sort of diamond shaft supposed to do, I, generally speaking, Tony, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, but I can, I can very quickly find a person who does know the answer to that question. And to your point, you know, you're, you're only as smart as the people that they're around you working with you. And, and I'm lucky at Sea Island, and I know you're very lucky at, uh, you know, in the various places you operate out of to have Colby around you and Jackson around you and, you know, guys that can help support and, uh, out to the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, that's what I've tried to do. Like, we, I joke around, like, one of the reasons I started doing stuff with, like, Scott Lynn was to try to understand a little bit better about, like, sometimes I would always wonder, like, why was the stuff I was doing with a guy working? You know, not just why, like, yeah. a guy wasn't getting better, but, like, you know, hey, why was this stuff we were doing working? Because, like, you know, I'd like to understand it better, you know, and I think that, uh, I think that it's healthy to bring people around you that, that are good or very smart and at the best, it's different things than you, you know? I mean, if you just have a bunch of people around that are always going to agree with you, I mean, I don't know that that's, that, that, you know, helps anybody out, but having people that are, that are really, that are really bright and really motivated to do the same thing is, I think, pretty healthy when it comes to developing players. I think so. And I think it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, even since I've been in the United States for almost four years, it's, you know, there's, there's, I think there's less ego around, you know, the coaching mm-hmm. side of things. I think we all know that, you know, there's going to be times our players will play well and times they're playing not so well. And we have our strengths and weaknesses. And I, you know, sometimes I would compare it, you know, to some degree with what I see with coaching and other sports. Now it's like we're, we're kind of all, you know, we're, we're just kind of brothers. We're all trying to do the same thing. We may be working with different players and there's a sort of a, a, a mutual kind of respect there, which I think is, is really healthy for the game of golf because I think it was a little bit different a few years ago and you know I think it's uh, because I think it's so high performance now and things I, I I just don't think you can get away with you know really not staying on top of your stuff I think you've got to you've got to be on top of your stuff all the time and whether as you say that means that you need to you know have somebody specific come talk to your player about wedge play or have somebody specific come and, and give them a physical assessment you know, there's there's a lot of things that that we can't do, and we probably shouldn't be expected to do. Right, exactly. And it, you know, like you said, I just th- I agree with you. I think that the whatever you want to call it, the culture or the the atmosphere out there has certainly changed over the last few years out there with with the tour. Don't you? I agree with you 100. percent I think you know, folks are more worked together. And I know I've shared videos with you, asked your opinions on things, and 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 with plenty of people. I think that people would be shocked 
at how much the people that are out there do communicate and bounce ideas off each other and and talk about the direction that things are going. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm fortunate. We have a Chan Reeves who's moved to our mm-hmm. place from the Atlanta Athletic Club, and Chan's a you know he's he, he sort of sees the golf swing in a similar sort of way to me, and and I'm very lucky to have him. Like when when I'm around and I'm just looking at something, I need a need a to your point, like need a second opinion, or I'm not quite sure why something's looking a certain way, and I can I can bounce some ideas off him, and it's uh, you know that's that's been a great kind of source of support, and I think it's um, it kind of makes you better. Like two two pairs of eyes are better than one. Yep. JP, awesome stuff, man. It's one. Thanks again for sitting in. Two. Thanks for all the friendship and the fun. Look forward to having some wine with you soon. Hopefully we'll get to catch up and uh, keep kicking ass, man. All you guys are playing good. It's fun watching, fun pulling up the leaderboard and, and pulling for you and the guys you got out there. You're the man, Tony. I appreciate it. You get your get yourself home safe and we'll catch up soon. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrikshan, Buick, Bushnell and Vineyard Vines for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Dew Sweepers channel on YouTube as well as the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to dewsweepersgolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.